Hello, and welcome back to Undiscovered by Jamie. I am so excited about this episode, you guys. This is my first interview slash conversational episode with one of my best friends in the entire world, Alyssa Brienne. And I could not have thought of a better first guest because she is so raw and honest and vulnerable in sharing her story and everything that she's learned and exactly where she's at right now. I'm calling it a conversation because we initially recorded this for both of our podcasts. So it's kind of a hybrid of me asking her questions like I would in a normal interview and also an intimate conversation because we wanted it to feel like you guys were kind of just sitting in the room with us overhearing what we would normally chat about. I want to start off my podcast with a writing prompt of the week, and this week was an interesting one. So I am going to leave you with this, which is very simple, but still something I made sure to write down in my notes section, which was, there is humility in asking, there is wisdom in listening, there is both in knowing. I love you. Enjoy the episode. Is your memory card full? Motherfucker. I know. No, I know. I have ADHD. That's my excuse. And so do I. (laughs) (laughs) And you are on Vyvanse and I'm not. It's okay. I'm only on antidepressants. I'm not medicated yet in that way. I know. I don't understand why. Because I have to take a six hour test. No, you don't. Yes, I do. That's how they give you Adderall. (laughs) Wait, they made me take a test but it was like 30 minutes no 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 it's six hours who's your psychiatrist the same as yours (laughs) why would you ever why would you ever make an adhd person take a six hour quiz the fact that you haven't gotten yourself to take it is proof that's proof you have adhd that's the test they're like if you don't turn this in (laughs) in a good amount of time then you get the medication. No, because I told her, I was like, don't you think this is a little counterintuitive for someone who has ADHD? Like, why would you make them take a six-hour test and also tell them that it's six hours ahead of time because they're absolutely not going to do it? Maybe it's the universe's way of saying that you don't need it, but, like, clearly I need it. That is the most roundabout intellectualizing of what is going on. Like, that's smart, I've gone though. to too much therapy. Yeah, you're like, actually, it's the angels weighing in. Don't even get me started on angel numbers, okay? So the thing is that Alyssa is one of my best friends in the entire planet and I think I speak for her as well when I say that like I'm pretty sure I hold the same place in her heart oh my god are we already gonna start crying like 60 seconds in wow I am gonna get emotional no I fuck (laughs) because everything's too early I know we didn't even have wine (laughs) no I just want to be so honest there is a part of me that's like our relationship is so important to me that we forget the microphones are here yeah because there's so much heart there's so much shit that I want to cover and there's there is no time limit so I don't know why I feel like I'm putting a time limit on this but no Jake's editing this yeah okay okay (laughs) well I'm editing my own (laughs) some of us don't have husband producers yet it's okay you have me yeah that's true that's like literally the same thing really really similar without a lot of other stuff all my friends are my husbands without sexual benefits actually when I think about it I feel like there's so much in our friendship that I just want to talk about from like the most authentic place because we've been friends for now six or seven years. You are one of those people where, and I would say this to Michelle because she lived with me for six years and she met a lot of influencers coming (laughs) in and out of that house. And we always agreed. We were like, Alyssa just has very warm, down to earth, 
genuine, real energy about her where oh. you, it's immediately disarming. I like that adjective about Even me. in your bad bitch era, I was like, oh my God, she's an undercover softie. No, I was literally melted butter at the core. I've always been melted butter and I really didn't start blossoming until probably early 20s. Like my teen years were not. Show me somebody in their teen years who's actually. My sister. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your sister, she came out of the womb with self-worth. And <laughs> there are... There are few people in this world. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. There was the few people in this world that were able to do that. For some reason, something just clicked in their brain the yeah. moment they stepped on solid ground. And they were like, yeah, I'm good. I'm worthy. And I'm like, wait, what? I love that about her. I spent I thousands really do. of dollars in therapy thousands. learning that shit. Yeah. You know? Even in you saying that you're melted butter, I'm like, maybe there are things that happen that don't necessarily soften us but that like uncover that layer of softness that was always there. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah, because I think in the 2016, 2017 era, we had such a hard exterior, but in reality, we've always been these like really soft, mushy people. And we thought that we had to be hard for people to like us or for people on Instagram to like us. And it's just not the case. And I think now is like the first time maybe, at least for me, that I'm able to like fully step into the fact that I am soft. I would say both of us came about it in a different way. Like I, I always thought that I was overly emotional. Like I always felt like highly sensitive, like deep feeling kid. And so I was convinced that I was walking around with my heart on my sleeve and maybe that's true. But I will say the me now is actually walking around more so with her heart on her sleeve. Yeah. But there's an ownership to it that makes me feel more safe, like allowing those emotions to kind of flow freely. Whereas before... I felt like a loose cannon and I was never able to own my emotions. And so my entire persona was spent trying to convince myself and other people that I actually didn't have as many emotions. Right. And I don't know if it came off necessarily like hard or bad bitch, but it was like in that 2016, 2017 era of, I actually don't want to be relatable though, in a way. Yes. And this is the conundrum with the word influencer. It separates the person from the followers and also the word followers, I mean, we can dissect that yeah. right away because it, it just feels like so disconnected. When I started, at least for me, I was like, actually, I do want to be idolized in a way. Mm -hmm. um, we tried to be as unrelatable as physically possible because we thought that that was better. Under the guise of relatability, right. which makes it so much worse because you're actually kind of selling a lie. Instead of the word influencer, I would use like idol. Yeah, Honestly, the like idol. Literally. Terrifying. But that's what it was. It was more right. of this idolization of celebrity, of this yeah. fame, of this attention. Now in 2023, like it's completely shifted to the complete opposite yeah. where people are highlighting like their emotions, being in touch with themselves, Thank like God. going to therapy, like all of those things. And I think it's beautiful that that's what's being pushed on social media right now. Not yeah. that old 2016, 2017 of like, look how pretty I am and I'm so beautiful and I'm better than you. And that's where I'm at too. And I think where you're at, where it's like, I no longer want to be idolized because at the end of the day, I think we're all so special in our own right. And so not original and not special in the same breath. And yeah. so somebody can like appreciate your uniqueness, but I think there's a level of humility that we all have to have to be like, we are not so unique that we should be idolized over one other person. And what I'm realizing, even in the last two episodes of my podcast, and even watching some of your mini-sodes from your podcast, is I need this community, you need this community that you're creating, that I'm creating, just as much as we think other people need us. And the reason that I mm. started doing this is because I am sitting here lonely as fuck. Yeah. 
I'm diagnosed with like yeah. loneliness from my fucking therapist. And yeah. like, no wonder. It's like you're living outside of your body yeah. 100% of the time. Yeah. You're always trying to be this other person that isn't yourself. Mm-hmm. And to think that that version of you is better. That's why it feels so lonely because you're just using all your energy trying to be this fake idol, this fake celebrity, whatever you want to call it. Like it's not real. That was built off of creating content that we saw that we liked from other people, mm-hmm. but not creating content from deep within our souls I'm now sweating on behind my knees okay well that's still a normal place so when it gets to your ankles let me know I'm so sticky do you want to like t- take a shower like do we need a <laughs> I think I have hyperhidrosis <laughs> well you know my favorite thing is to diagnose people so that can be your first diagnosis no, of the episode. I'm literally sorry. are you actually I sweat all the time though oh that's a thing oh that's hot anyway sexy Listen, those are, that's what we call relatability. You're like, I, in every photo, I actually edit my armpit stains. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Have you done it? I've Have you done, done it? That. <gasps> I've literally done that. Oh my God. No, and you know what? I actually saw this girl on TikTok where she was saying, she was like, hey, I have hyperhidrosis and this is what I do. And I saved that shit, man. Okay, yeah. I bought all the things that she does. Oh. Oh, yeah. See, and that's the kind of that's content. the in, that's influence. That's that's what yeah. I'm looking for. It's just existing in the world and being who you are and whatever you're touching or eating or wearing like that's your influence because you're just yourself. Yeah. I wonder if there's like a better word. Content creator does feel a little bit safer to me, but I'm like content creator does sound better on paper. What I write on my tax forms and like what, like marketing strategist. Like of course I thought it was strategist whatever tomato potato oh uh, <laughs> you mean tomato tomato i Alyssa! make my own okay <laughs> do you want a potato salad anyways potato potato jamie potato tomato okay leave me alone <laughs> potato tomato tomato potato exactly what has social media gifted you Oof. Oh my God. That's like actually like a super loaded question. I feel like this is so crazy that you asked this question. Cause I literally wrote down a note of like podcast ideas. Yeah. And one of my podcast ideas was how social media made me a better person. Whoa. I am so grateful that the virality or the fame or the social media following or the attention or whatever, like I don't have any of those things. I have a beautiful community that I love and I treasure and I create great content and I work with amazing brands and it's been a really hard road this past six years. And I feel like social media pushed me to this place that I arrived at because I never would have seeked out therapy. I never would have, you know, come in touch with my feminine side or my like sensitive side. Like I would have kept that super hard judgmental. I will admit that exterior had I just become Instagram famous Had I just gone viral for my looks? Remember what my old bio was? I like clothes. (laughs) Like, do we want to unpack that for a second? The funny part about that is that on Instagram, you look completely unapproachable. And the bio is more on on a surface level. But when I spend time with you in person, I am speaking to somebody who I feel like my soul is so connected to. And I can have these really interesting, inspiring conversations that I cannot have with everybody. And I was constantly wondering, like, where the hell Mm -hmm. is that on social media? And not to say that I was putting that version of myself on social media. 
So if anything, it was a nice mirror back to like what I'm not doing. (laughs) I feel like, and we've always thought this, but we are both very much connected and I feel like mirror each other in the best way to show ourselves maybe stuff that we could be working on or stuff that we could be more sensitive towards ourselves about. I never saw myself the way that you saw me. Which is so weird to me because I'm like, how do you not? Like the person that's like sitting in front of you right now doesn't know how to act when the phone is on. I know where it comes from and I've gone to a lot of therapy for it and it's still my number one hurdle. Like I have such a hard time just being myself. It's an ongoing thing I have to work on every day. Your reptilian brain (laughs) is literally hardwired to highlight all of the bad stuff going on in your psyche. And you have to fight through that every day, especially as someone who is prone to anxiety, depression, and has ADHD. To answer your question, this super, super long road to literally just finding myself again. Was the gift. That's the gift. You know what I've been calling those? Backwards blessings. Mm, I like that. Like it, it feels like you're going backwards, but what my life coach Casey likes to say is it's an upward spiral. And sometimes yeah. you like hit these points in the upward spiral where you feel like you're going backwards, but really it's just kind of like a trigger from your past where it's like, oop, 16-year-old Jamie's just like hanging out there. Mm -hmm. And then you keep on going up and up and up. There's this one thing that I also want to offer, which is I wonder who the hell does feel 100% themselves when the camera's on. I think there is this like performative aspect that everyone who is on social media can relate to. And it's not like it's done on purpose. It's just this like defense safety mechanism that's been built into my system that I think a lot of people have. And nobody sees the, you know, the 10 minutes before record is pressed when we're stressed or we're anxious or we don't know what to say or we literally re-recorded that campaign a hundred times. I'm not even kidding. What do you think were like the original blocks keeping you from actually showing up as your authentic self? Because now I think you spend a hundred extra takes trying to make sure you're not being performative. Mm -hmm. Whereas seven years ago, we were spending a hundred extra takes trying to make sure that everybody thought that we were the idol. Right. As far as like where the blocks had originated from, I mean, I think it's just as simple as being accepted because I wasn't. I wasn't the popular kid. I was the weird art kid. Mm -hmm. I came from divorced parents. I didn't have a normal family dynamic. I had a lot of like uncomfortable things happening as I was maturing and I never felt safe. Were you encouraged to be that weird art kid at home? Hmm. I come from an artistic family. So I think art has always been at the forefront of my home. And also I do come from a business side of my family too. And like a very extroverted side that I had to find my footing in. Did you know as a kid that you were an introvert or did you feel like, fuck, there's something wrong? I thought something was wrong with me because I was around so many extroverted people at school, at home, whatever. And not to say that either one is good or bad. Right. But I didn't know how to operate in that space. And I literally remember going to a lunch with my, with my parents and I spoke at lunch. Like I just spoke, like I said, I said something. And I remember getting back into the car And one of my parents said, good job for like saying something. Good job for like engaging. Like, oh, you did really well. I was like, am I supposed to 
be doing that more? Like, am I supposed to be applauded for that? Like, I've always had this like really intense anxiety about speaking and in this like really weird way, like it's my gift. Yes. And I think that I, in my thirties now have just really come home to the idea of I'm just very observant. I'm not necessarily introverted. I'm observant. I'm able to be extroverted when I choose to. And also if I'm not being extroverted, I'm just observing. I'm not choosing not to speak because I don't want to talk to you. I'm just getting the lay of the land and understanding what's around me. Which is so interesting because I think sometimes people misconstrue observers to be just disengaged Mm -hmm. or uninterested or standoffish. Yeah. Like I, in high school, like I remember I was on cheer also, the way you look doesn't help you in that. No. Like, you you look the I part look of being... Mad. Yeah, you look the part. And let's just be... I mean, let's call a spade a spade. If I saw you on the street and I didn't know your heart, like, the way that I do, <laughs> and you were just sitting observing, t- observing taking it no, in... No, no, I know. Right. Like, I remember on cheer, like, everybody thought that I was a bitch. Thank goodness I had a best friend who is still one of my best friends now, Tanya, who absolutely knew my heart as a human being was like, no, she's not a bitch. That's just her face. (laughs) Like I literally had a resting bitch face. Now, obviously I'm twice the age. So like I'm aware of it and I'm like, oh no, 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 no. I'm like smiling and observing. Yeah. I'm not just like staring at you like a, yeah, you know, cause I do do that. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But I also, I like that you didn't go the opposite direction of here's how I learned how to be extroverted. I like that instead you were like, here's how I've learned to love the observer in me and also mm-hmm. make a compromise with whoever I come into a public space with and make sure I'm communicating the message that I can observe and still want to be here. I mean, this literally relates exactly to my human design too. Yeah, wait, explain human design first because this is Oof. fucking so interesting. I don't want to get too into the nitty gritty because this can get like super woo-woo, woo-woo yeah. and intense. And human design combines astrology, the... I think it's I Ching, Kabbalah, and Vedic philosophy centering around the division of personalities into five energy types. So basically, you're either a manifester, generator, manifesting generator, projector, or reflector, and that's basically what you were born on this earth to be, and your experiment is to basically just come back to your true self. If you're operating in your design, anything you want pretty much just flows to you. You get to play around with how the world is responding to this new knowledge that you just received. You learn something, you try it out in the real world, and if it works for you, keep doing it. If it doesn't, stop. I mean, that sounds pretty like safe to me. I also like that it's yeah. labeled as an experiment because it's basically saying, okay, let's try this experiment. If you operate the way that the universe has in store for you, let's just try and see if it works out. It's kind of like that thing with law of attraction where you're like, What am I really risking? Because if it doesn't work out, okay, then just go back to your own bullshit. Literally believe whatever you want. Right. So your human design is? My human design is projector, which is actually described as the observer, which is also the omniscient teacher. The way I would best describe this as it relates to social media is like operating in a event space. I choose usually to go to events alone because it's a challenge for me. Because I'm not normally a... I hate going alone. <laughs> I know you do. I fucking hate going alone. You hate going to events at all. But yes. Period. I hate going to events. I hate going alone. And if you have alone. to go alone, you won't go. But I have my friends who challenge themselves to go alone. I'm like, I don't even know if I care well, about Well, because you don't, you don't need to. Like, that's I don't even your, know if I want to be challenged. Are not a projector. Keep going. It's not about <laughs> me. Okay. 
It's an event space. Take us back. No, but like, <laughs> that's not something that you struggle with. Yeah. Like you can just walk into a space and, you know, start talking to Bob, Joe and Jane, you know. I never thought about it, about it like that. I'm like, I wouldn't necessarily throw myself in a situation where I was like, I'm going to no. be alone. But I have been in situations where, for whatever reason, I've ended up alone at the event. And I do think I'm really good at starting conversation or jumping into conversation. And this is why we work, because I am the opposite right. in those situations where I'm looking for you or you, I'm waiting for you. Holy fuck. Because I'm just, exi- I'm not trying, I'm not an initiator. That's not part of my human design. God, that's not how I'm built. I'm such an initiator to the point where it actually bothers yeah. me sometimes. Yeah. I think that's part of being a man, Jen. Like that's part of who you're supposed to be here on this earth. Literally the tagline for projectors is waiting for the invitation. So it's not about sitting on the couch for the rest of your life, waiting for something to happen. No, that's not it. It's you're still supposed to be experiencing life in the way that you want to, but don't force yourself on anybody. Don't force your ideas. Don't force your personality. Don't force conversations. Like This is hitting hard because one of the things I struggle with is feeling forceful. Is there... Uh, desperation that comes with manifesting generators. I only know enough because my husband, Jake, is also a man gen. Um, You feel the most fulfilled when something excites you. Yeah. So like- Like this podcast, I was like overwhelmed with emotion to the point where I was crying all day yesterday. And because you're so passionate about it and you care about it. Yes, yes. That's how you're designed. If you don't like it, it usually doesn't work out. So there is like a, an a aspect of, I wouldn't call it desperation. I feel like that's too strong of an adjective, but there, y- you do have to be on a path where you like what you're doing. I mean, like that's kind of like, that's so general. It's but so like, general, but it's true because I will say there are some people that I know that don't necessarily love their jobs, but they know how to show up every single but day they and kill do a it. good job. Oh yeah. Jake, that's not me. Not doing that. No. You, not doing that. Not doing that. I was at a nine to five job. I got fired because I couldn't fucking do that because I was yeah. so not passionate about it that I wasn't doing anything for the company. I was, I didn't care about the company and I could not pretend to care, but I'm pretty sure I'm what Jake is. You're a manifesting generator. For sure. Go to myhumandesign.com and see <laughs> what you are. You basically have to put in what time you were born, the city you were born, and obviously the day. And it basically tells you, this is going to sound so- I know, woo-woo. I know. But it's basically a download on paper of what the sky looked like. Oh my God, I hate this. And I believe in it. I hate it and I believe in it. It basically combines a bunch of different understandings of the universe into one. I've been in my experiment for about two and a half years and it is, it's known as basically a permission slip to live the way that you're meant to be because things that I used to think that I had to do no longer apply Mm -hmm. because I know what's meant for me now. And I know how I'm supposed to operate in those situations. This is why I wanted to start going to events alone and trying all this out because I was like, you know what? I'm going to go into this as a projector, as someone who is not forcing a conversation. I am just going to be myself and exist in my own space. And I'm going to see what comes to me. And I kid you not, nine times out of 10, something comes to me and I'm supposed to connect with people in my own way. I'm not supposed to force myself down people's throats. And I think I have to (sighs) think about social media that way too. I wonder if, because I talked about this on one of my episodes of the podcast being like, I went to a psychic and it just gave me clarity that like, she told me that my writing would do well. And Mm -hmm. then from then I was like, well, I'm not worried. My writing's going to do well. Even if it takes three years, I'm just going to free write. Everything's going to work out for me. I'm fine. I'm like, I'm a lucky girl, lucky girl. Okay. Yeah. I was like, everything's totally going to work out for me. Okay. 
And I was like, what if somebody could tell me that everything was going to work out for me in every area of my life? Mm -hmm. And the way that I am interpreting this whole human design thing is, is that an offering that maybe the universe is a psychic in its own right? Like, was, like, right. That's what it is. In the simplest form, it's basically just telling you how you can be living in your life. Both of us are genuinely a little bit woo-woo. That's a way that I feel safest in the in the world, knowing that I am alive for a finite amount of time and that I will die one day. I have to believe in the woo-woo in order yeah. to like feel like I can live fully. So yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great way to put it. I love the Enneagram test. I love all of the personality tests, the love languages. With all these tests, I don't think it's healthy to put yourself in a box. I think they're helpful offerings or pointers to, hey, this could help you in understanding some of your like underlying patterns. Same way I feel about astrology. Mm -hmm. And as much as I hate to say it, like I've read the breakdown of my astrology sign, like the, I'm a, I'm a Taurus regular, (laughs) Taurus sun. Taurus son. Um, look good. This will make people actually believe me because if I was I'm like a Taurus regular, <laughs> I'm a Scorpio irregular <laughs> and I'm a moon Saturn sun. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I would believe the person that was talking to me that said that before I would believe the person that was like, and on August 17th, 2000, the no, stars guys yeah, no. don't, don't no. <laughs> Taurus sun. I'm a Scorpio moon. I'm a Libra rising. Okay. When I read the breakdown of that, I was like, I've never read anything more dead on. Here's my problem with astrology. If you're using astrology as an excuse for the way you are, instead of evolving, like if somebody has a problem with you and you're automatically defensive or you're automatically have this like anger bone and you're like, "Mm, just the Scorpio in me. I'm like, okay, so that- That's a different- That's a different ball game. I think it's like, okay, maybe that's the Scorpio in you. So you understand that part so you can work through it. Because a lot of these astrology websites will be like, hey, FYI, you're probably going to have to work on the anger thing. Not you get to just be an anger ball, a walking fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the true breaking point that that led you to be like fuck I got to do something different and that made you be Mm. like I need to see Vanessa because for those that don't know Vanessa McNeil was Alyssa's life coach who she has a podcast called Cracked Open because what she does in her life's work is literally cracking people the fuck open who have hard exteriors like Alyssa (laughs) or blocks in their life yeah and you found her on TikTok I was literally sitting on the toilet. Like, I'm going to be real, real. Shitting my, shitting bricks. Literally, (laughs) not only sick of my shit, but shitting. (laughs) And and I'm literally scrolling. And I literally remember saying out loud, like, just fucking hell. Like, give me something. You cannot tell me that you guys do not go on TikTok when you're in the bathroom. Okay. I used to not respond to boys' text messages while I was shitting on the toilet. Because I was like, this feels weird. Now I make myself do it. (laughs) So half the time that I'm like flirting with you over text, like I'm full blown pooping. Yeah. I hate poop jokes. Sorry. Okay. No, I also hate them. And I'm sorry that I literally introed this into our pod. But like, I really was sick of my own shit. Like I, (laughs) (laughs) you can't say that now. I'm sorry. But I was. And like, I remember when I was scrolling, the video that came up was, have you ever been so paralyzed by your own thoughts that you did nothing (laughs) at all? That was, that was the first words she spoke to me on the toilet. That bitch knows what she's doing. That bitch (laughs) knew me from the inside out. And I was like, you're joking. (laughs) When was this? 2020 was definitely a hard year, I think, for everyone. But 2021 was my hard year, was the hardest year of my life, I think. 
I don't think I was really making any money on Instagram that year. As we talked about, like Instagram or social media, it broke me. I was physically broken in a lot of ways. How soon did you guys start working with each other? I think, honestly, within like a couple weeks. Like you filled out that form and you... I filled out that form. I paid that money. It's a privilege to go to therapy, to find a life coach. Like I will say, this is an investment in myself, not only in my business and my career, but in my heart. I couldn't have put a price on it. By the way, there's so many varying levels of therapy and coaching. You don't have to spend You don't have to spend what I spent. Yeah, Yeah, you you don't. You don't. Absolutely, you don't. I... I'm seeing a coach right now and I know I have to find a therapist and that whole journey feels so overwhelming to me because it feels like you're fine. It's literally dating. It's finding a life partner and it's so Mm -hmm. hard and it's beautiful that you were given Vanessa. I remember like one of the first sessions that we had, I was complaining about how many likes I was getting on Instagram and how I wasn't getting the kind of engagement that I wanted. And, you know, I was saying that I had to post every day and she was just like, well, who told you that? That's the best question. Maybe it's not for you. Not to say that social media isn't for you, but maybe this definition of, I think it needs to be this way is not for you. And don't you think that it can be simpler? I like have been noticing this, especially in other people and myself. We think we're doing a good job at masking or at hiding the things we don't want other people to see, but actually the things we're doing to hide those parts are the same things that are making it so fucking obvious. It's literally transparent. And you posting every day, exhausting yourself, that energy comes through. And mm-hmm. you think you can't feel an energy through a photo, but let me tell you, unfortunately, I wish I wish that wasn't true. That would be a lot easier. Yeah, it would be a lot easier, but it's just not the truth. You can always feel when when you're trying too hard or when you did spend six hours editing a photo about 700 you can you can tell you can feel it and maybe nobody's picking up on the fact that you sat there and edited for six hours but it's just an energy where somebody maybe scrolls past it and they don't know why Mm -hmm. or they look at it and they're like I don't get good feelings from this and they don't they're not able to pinpoint it I've started to be like if I'm not excited about posting it which goes into the manifesting generator if I'm not passionate excited like then I'm not going to post it. It's okay. It's okay. I was that reel that I posted where I narrate my own writing. I got in my car after making that genuinely disconnected from what the fuck the outcome was and started crying because I was so passionate that I had done something that had felt so true to me. And it just so happened that that message actually did come through on social media And I posted, you know, a similar thing the next day that didn't get as much traction, but I don't fucking care because I was so fucking happy making it. I've now gotten to this place where I'm like, if things don't hit me like that, why am I thinking that it's going to hit other people like that? Right. What? If it's not hitting for me. Think of yourself as the audience. Like what, what would you want to see from you? Yeah. How would you want to make you feel that little you? Yeah. You're speaking to other people's little me's. Yeah, sometimes I'm like, are we just little kids walking around in these evolved we, adult bodies? We absolutely are. And I, I honestly feel like social media has helped me become closer to my inner child in like the most beautiful Whoa. way, which sounds backwards. But it's a backwards blessing. But it's a backwards blessing, which we already discovered. If I had gained this insane amount of success and 
and, you know, views and likes and like all of these things, like I definitely would not have the same kind of developed brain that I do now. And not to say that I have reached this like, you know, pinnacle at the top of the hill and that I'm betting. No, that's not it at all. I just don't think that I really would have pushed myself to pursue what I love. This is what I think is the most profound thing about what you're saying is that the blessing that social media gave you was that it broke you. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it broke me so hard. Right? And I'm like, there yeah. is blessing in the breaking. I think the last session I had with Vanessa, she said, what are the top three things that you took away yes. from this experience? Yes, that's what I want to know. Yeah. The number one for me was the fact that I just got to come home to myself to uncover that that person that's always been there and to not think that I had to perform or be somebody else to be accepted, loved, or not anxious. And I got to discover the root of where that came from and why I had put up such a hard exterior because that's what I had to do to survive. And that was the only way that I knew how. And then it transformed into this 2016 social media aesthetic, dark moody girl. Dark moody bee. Who thought that she had to perform, perform all the time. And the, the beautiful thing about Vanessa is, yeah, she just uncovered something that was already there. I didn't have to like, quote unquote, work for it in a way. It just existed already and I just had to see it. I'm getting ahead of myself here, but we always want that sort of calm love in romantic relationships, in friendships. But when you talk about Vanessa, it feels the same way. It mm. feels like going and finding your life coach, your life partner for that extent, for that period of time in your life which I would like to call Vanessa your soulmate for that time in your life. Oh, absolutely. She was also respecting who you are as a human mm -hmm. by not forcing anything on you, mm -mm. but offering only invitations. Yeah. Which I think is what makes a really good coach or therapist. And that's what I love about my therapist too, is like she is really just reflecting back to me what we know deep in our bodies. Yeah, and they just make you really ask yourself those hard hitting questions. And Vanessa is actually the one who introduced me to human design because yeah. she likes to know how people are wired. So she knows how to, to talk, interact with how it. to yeah. interact with you in the best way that's going to support you the best. A good therapist knows that it's not like a one size. It's fits not all. a one size fits all. And I think that's what she told to me in the beginning is like, you know, everybody is going to have a different journey with this. And, and the more that you are able to let your walls down, the more that we can discover one movie that I remember her telling me to watch was Inside Out. Yeah, I And love it's that movie. one of the most beautiful movies to show you how emotions are supposed to work together in your body because I thought that when I reached a certain point in my therapy journey that I would never be sad again. And when you're going through therapy, those feelings are absolutely real. Yeah. And you really do think, or I thought, you know, I'm fixed. I am yeah. going to be a complete human. I will never get mad again. I will <laughs> never be sad. I will never be anxious. I will never be depressed. I'm floaty. Like, I'm neutral. And all the success and abundance is going to arrive at my doorstep and I'm going to be rich. See, but I think like that, it, you have to go through that phase. I you think of it as to. like the pendulum swing. Like you're on such a low and then you get to such a high and then you even out. The main thing that I took away is all of these feelings work together in harmony and yeah. symbiosis in your body like you are not supposed to only be angry or only be happy or only be sad all the time like 
you go through an array of feelings all day, every day. What a brilliant movie, even like to make it digestible for kids. It's beautiful, like to see your feelings in a animated way because you can really have something tangible. A lot of therapy feels intangible. A lot mm-hmm. of the things that you're paying for self-development, whatever, like you can't hold that in your hand. You're not paying for like a material thing or something that you can show your friends in your house. But what you're paying for is learning different strategies in showing up in this world, in this body, with the one fucking life gift that you've been given. You're like figuring out how to make this a gift, Mm -hmm. how to make it less hard, but how to also be okay with how hard it is sometimes. Right. I obviously knew you before Vanessa Mm-hmm. But I was very much so with you. And we actually got closer during the period that you were seeing Vanessa. I've had two people in my life like this, you and Michelle, mm-hmm. who were a little bit harder on the exterior, but were mushy gushy on the inside. And yes. you both went to therapy. You both were cracked open in a way that sort of felt like for a while you were walking around very exposed, very raw in the world. Mm-hmm. And again, it's that pendulum swing. All of a sudden, you've never let yourself feel your emotions. So now you're feeling all the emotions. It dawns on you for the first time in your life that actually it's okay to feel. In your minds, both of you had convinced yourself that the feeling of those emotions would be the thing that disconnects you from people. Because somewhere in your childhood, you were taught by an experience, by different people, by school, by whatever, mm-hmm. that you feeling emotions was going to alienate you. Mm-hmm. And then by going to therapy, you learn that actually it's the opposite. And that by opening yourself up and exposing yourself in a really raw and vulnerable way is the thing that connects you to people. And I remember spending so much time with you and watching you open up and it made me feel so seen. I was watching you find, not only find, but also love the deep feeling sensitive kid that you always have been. Mm -hmm. And I identified as that. And so I was like, I felt by loving you, I was also loving me, which like, that's something that I feel like we want in relationships. You want to be like, okay, this person makes it easier to love myself. And I mm-hmm. think that is so fucking important in friendships too, mm-hmm. because you were somebody where going through this journey, I was like, loving you is and, and spending time with you and watching you break open and discover these parts of yourself was helping me discover parts of myself or was helping me find it easier to love these parts of myself that I had labeled unlovable or unattractive or too much Mm -hmm. I was like wait these are the parts in Alyssa that I love the most so why the hell am I putting such a negative connotation on those parts in me it's not that you were any less lovable in the before you were able to give so much more to love after do you remember the first breakthrough you had I think her idea of rest. As somebody who really does value her alone time, can you talk about the cognitive dissonance that you felt about allowing yourself to rest while also scrolling through social media, watching girls wake up and journal at seven in the morning and drink their Mm -hmm. coffee and make the most out of their productive day and feel like that was the only way in the world that you could get ahead? The biggest thing was realizing that wasn't for me. It took so long to come to that realization because all that I was digesting in 2020 and 2021 was people that were using this time off in order to get ahead. I think I felt this like immense pressure that eventually just paralyzed me into doing absolutely nothing at all. But then I had this immense amount of guilt that was literally on my back 
for resting. It was this, this terrible tournament of feelings going back and forth in my brain. And I think Vanessa just helped me realize that like it was totally okay to be operating in the way that I wanted to operate, which was sleeping. <laughs> it's okay to sleep in to nine o'clock. You're not lazy <laughs> if you are a content creator. Like I understand that people have nine to fives and other professions. Uh, also though, like people who do have the standard nine to five, it's not like they're not on social media. Like, like if you can sleep in, please. Right, because I know when I had the nine to five, like I felt like shit if I didn't get up at six in the morning and get my ass to the gym. Hustle culture makes us feel this crazy amount of guilt. It's capitalism too. You have to have the journal. You have yeah. to go to this certain Pilates studio that everyone's going to. And then you have to wear the matching set that everybody's wearing with the socks and the, the little shrugs around the shoulders and the certain <laughs> scrunchie. I could go on for freaking days about how many things that I wanted to buy because I wanted to be that girl. You'll never ever get to the end of that list because no. these brands will show up. They'll keep selling you shit. That girl is always evolving. That girl never mm -hmm. stops spending. So why the fuck no. do you expect to stop spending? This is something that I think I could probably work on. So I don't, I don't necessarily think I'm right in saying this, but I also find every single one of those types of trends that go viral on Instagram. And maybe it's simply because of their virality insufferable. I feel like for me, it was just the numbers of it all, right? Like yeah. we're all just looking at, it got 5 million likes. And honestly, someone with ADHD. We're the audience, we're the target audience. The reason why I could keep watching it was because it was a succession thing where I was seeing things come to completion. I thought that I had to recreate it and spend all of my time, money and energy trying to become that girl. When in fact, that was never meant for me. To kind of go back on like what social media made me realize is just like really having these permission slips to do the things that I always knew inherently were for me. Right. And this is something that I have to work on every day is I can't doom scroll. I love to know things. I love to know information. I love to understand systems. I love to like fucking research shit. Like my brain me loves too. information. And also if all I'm digesting and, and you learning don't do. about is TikTok and Instagram, then I'm literally depleting my energy yes. that I barely have in the first place yes. being a projector yes. I do require more rest than the normal person and that's totally okay because what I can do is in the two to three hours that I do have a lot of energy I can exert and accomplish the same things that someone else can accomplish in eight hours that is the best fucking way to put it and I think that's so fucking yeah. powerful is like if you have hours in the day that you know you're most productive please listen to your body mm -hmm. like you don't actually have to wake up at 7 a.m because that girl is waking up at 7 a.m yeah. if your best hours are not at 7 a.m it also has this underlying theme of you are constantly buying all this shit you're researching all this shit but it inhibits you from actually doing that's something that a lot of people with adhd struggle with and that is a real diagnosis. I've been diagnosed. I can tell you that when I am on my Vivance, my room is spotless. When I am not, it's a fucking mess. Like I really, there is nothing that made me realize it more than seeing the difference in how I operate when I'm on and off of Vivance, yeah. unfortunately. And I don't, I don't take it every day because I sometimes I'm like, if I don't want to be productive today and I want to be my fucking floaty self, I'm going to love that you version can. of me too. Yeah. yeah. But I think that it gets you in this place where it will never be enough to just start. And mm -hmm. you would always, and I would always be like, I need to have all the things and then I'll be good enough to start. And I think that was one of my biggest lessons in social media is learning to just start. Because the shit that you would put out that took you three hours, 
that you thought wasn't enough, I was like, do you realize that this shit that's coming so easily to you is such a gift? Because it would sometimes take me eight hours to style something that looks that fucking good. And I do this to myself all the time. And this might be true for you too, but I'm like, if it's not hard, then it's not worth it. If it's not a struggle, and if I didn't go through the fucking ringer just to get here, then I put less value on it. Right. And And that's just not the case. That's not the case. It doesn't need to be It doesn't need to be impossible to be good enough. Things that come easy to you are probably meant for you. Like say it again. Another Vanessa McNeil thing is life (laughs) sponsored by Vanessa McNeil. Sponsored. (laughs) Please mention my name at checkout. For a 50% off. (laughs) She always said like, you know, life doesn't have to be this hard. You are quite literally making it hard and you don't have to do that. Like I'm supposed to tap into things that come easy to me. And that's the stuff that I'm seeing a lot of not only return from, but it fulfills me. It makes me happy. Like it lights me up inside. And if it doesn't light me up, if it doesn't bring me joy, if it doesn't make me happy, why am I doing it? Why am I trying to force myself? Again, force. Like even the word force has a has a connotation and an energy to it. I mean, that's like kind of why the best advertising that actually works isn't forced. I am no longer interested in advertising anything that does not feel no. calm, warm, easy, and authentic to mm-hmm. me. If I'm unable to do that in a way that feels that way for other people, then like, why, why am, am I doing, I doing this? It? I think a lot of people in social media are experiencing this right now, this little bit of a lull Mm. that we are allowed to have this kind of reflection on what we really want to share at the end of the day and how we want to communicate with people. What purpose do we have online? Like really think about how we want to impact and with the community that we already have. I had this conversation with Casey, life coach, um, the other day where I, once again, sitting in the fucking car it's cheesy and embarrassing and then also not at the same time because I know I'm not the only one and so I don't want to discredit you guys that have been Mm. crying to your life coaches or therapists about this exact same fucking issue which is why the fuck don't people care why how why is it why does it feel so hard to get like what I'm asking when I'm saying my engagement isn't up I'm not getting the likes I'm not social the algorithm isn't reaching people Mm -hmm. okay and I was like why the fuck does it feel like it is so hard to get people to care about me which is definitely stemming from trauma because I felt the same way in relationships. That's why I Mm -hmm. said the word force or desperate. I was like, why the fuck does it feel like it's so hard for me to get these men to care about me? Why the fuck does it feel like it's so hard to get these brands to care about me? Why the fuck does it feel so hard to get the algorithm to care about me? Mm -hmm. And Casey said the most brilliant yet succinct thing. And the best things are always fucking simple, which was, I think you're asking the wrong question. I think you need to be asking how the fuck can you care about all these other people? Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, I was like, no further questions. Thank you. I'll hang up now. (laughs) That humbled my ass in the most beautifully simple way. You have a beautiful community sitting in front of you. Nurture it. Going back to what you said about now I, now I ask myself, is this making me happy? Does this fill me with joy? Um, Or is it reflecting back this part of me that feels like something is missing? This is something that I actually heard in um, Glennon Doyle's We Can Do Hard Things podcast, which I thought Mm. was fucking incredible, which was you can't sell to people that are good with themselves and that they don't need something to change. Right. And at that point in our lives, we're like, well, the scrunchie and the leggings and the journal and the 7 a.m. wake up call, like that's going to make me feel good enough. But now you're sitting here and you are making it really fucking hard for advertisers to actually get through to you, which is 
so cool because then that also makes me trust your profile and whatever the fuck you're selling, Mm -hmm. which like, I don't even know if we could call it selling. I'm sitting here while we're having this conversation being like, I'm at the point where, yeah, I did want to sell you shit. And I wanted to sell you shit that I didn't fucking care about when I first started this because I wanted to make money and my intentions were not pure. No. And I wanted to be the idol. But now I'm at this point. (laughs) Neither here nor there. (laughs) Like it's always in the background. Um, No, but now I'm at this point where I'm like, I want to be connectors. Like I want to connect. When I get a DM from somebody being like, fuck this hit for me. I want to talk to that person. I want matters. I send them voice notes. Mm -hmm. And now I feel bad because I'm like, maybe they're going to feel like they need to respond to me. (laughs) (laughs) I feel so bad. I'm like, dude, don't feel the need to respond. Don't feel the need. I'm just, I. I just, I love you. I'm like, I I know this is awkward because you're like, when is the conversation going to end? Like if I send you a voice note back and you feel like you're forcing an answer, don't. It's It's okay. okay. It's It's so fine. Through failure, we were allowed this freedom of discovery. Mm-hmm. of I what we that. truly wanted to share. Thankfully, I, we both have seen that that's where social media is going anyway. Like people don't want to be sold shit. People no. people just want to know you. And if you want to sell me some shit along the way, cool. But like yeah. people just want connection and as much as we want connection. like And belonging and, and community. I honestly sat down with um, one of my other really good friends, Stephanie, who shoots all most of my content for me. Um, and I've been working with her for probably the same amount of time that I've known Jamie, about six, seven years. And she was telling me, she was like, I really think you lost your community. Like I don't see you connected to them anymore through your content. And I was like, whoa. When did she say that? Two and a half months ago. Oh, recent. Recently. And that I, I do, I completely agreed with her because I wasn't speaking to anybody. I was just posting pretty pictures again. And mm, again, you fell this, back. I And like, here's- You the, relapsed. No, I literally <laughs> relapsed. I literally relapsed. And like, it's so like beautiful to be at this point in my life where I can like, again, observe and see all these things and be like, that's totally okay. Like, I don't need to be this perfect person all the time to be loved and accepted, especially in a community where I have quite literally said- those exact words yeah, and the person being the creator behind it all experiencing the same things as the, as the people looking at her. And it took someone close in my circle to be like, Hey, like what's going on? Like why was, you know, like, don't you love those people? Oh, I absolutely love. I love honesty because that's what I require in friendships. That's what you require in friendships. That's why our circle is very small. She is the kind of friend too, that has the energy of I'm okay with bearing the burden of telling this person a, a truth. Yeah. And I'm no, like, she doesn't hold back. No. And I'm like, sometimes I'm like, I'm not okay with bearing the burden of telling <laughs> this person something that I know they're not ready to hear yet. But like, I really, really but value. She does, I, I will say too. And afterwards she was like, I hope I didn't like, and I was like, no dude. Yeah. She hits you with the humility right after she's like, but if you disagree. Yeah. She's like, it's cool. <laughs> I still love you. Those are the, that's the people that I want in my life. Yeah. That's the relationships that I want. I, 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 I crave that type of connection with people. And yeah. I think that's how I have to remind myself every day to interact with my community, bringing it back to what would I want to see? How would I want to connect? How would I want to feel? What, you know, what do I want to digest? I don't want to just digest pretty pictures anymore. No. Why do I expect other people to? It's really, it's sometimes really hard. Cause like I will constantly go through the debate in my mind of, I just need to show up and post something. Mm-hmm. You have to post something specific. You have to post something 
that would work that you would want to see. We're not throwing shit at the wall anymore. Or maybe we are. And if it doesn't work, then we're just going to throw it away. We're going to do it again. <laughs> I feel like there is this beautiful form of like experimentation and specificity at the same time. Yeah. Because we know what we want to experiment with. Oh, I like that. We yeah. have just not had the confidence, at least me, to start experimenting in the specific thing that I knew that I wanted to pursue. Oh, hey, and also you don't have to have a perfect feed in order to post. Let me just put that out there. Oh, fuck, yeah. The the paralyzing fear of it not looking aesthetically good enough to exist on- I still- like, That's so deeply ingrained, it sucks, but- It's okay for it to not look perfect. I don't think people actually want it to look perfect. No. Anymore. You can figure it out. You will figure it out. And you have to just start. You have to do it. Like, it's going to be scary. And in the doing it, I think that you find out really what works. Unless I started this podcast, I never would have been like, I'm going to record home video style videos and just, like, read my own writing out loud. Like, I would not have done that. I honestly had just been writing separately and then wanted to start a podcast. And because of that... I was like, how can I tell people and promote my podcast online? And then I was like, oh, it'd be kind of cool if like all of these lifestyle videos that I was taking being Pinteresty and having fun, like what if I overlaid mm-hmm. that with something from my podcast in the creating of it? I was like, oh, I, I love doing and this. Hey, and guess then I, what? You had to do, you had to start. You exactly. Had to, like, you had to experiment. You had to figure it out. Like, and reading my own writing is acting too. So like all, mm-hmm. of, all of a sudden I'm getting to be a writer, an actor and a producer and an editor all in one for the longest time. Like I would always watch these indie movies and the narration at the beginning of the movie. And I was like, okay, well, if nobody is going to cast me to narrate the beginning of their heartfelt, beautiful, <laughs> extraordinary, independent film, then I will cast myself for myself. And that is the fucking era that I am in. I will cast my fucking self. I will discover my undiscovered fucking self. I know I am following certain people on the internet, not only to know them, but because knowing them gives me this opportunity to know myself. Losing my Nana put things in perspective in a way that was like, Jamie, you are going to die one day. What are you doing being so afraid of just trying who the fuck cares if people think you are a bad writer or they think that your shit is cheesy or none of it makes sense. Like you're going to die one day. And let me tell you something, no one's going to fucking remember this. So like, why don't you just fucking throw shit at the wall and try it? It fell together because I started, I took one step Mm -hmm. and it's always just one step. Right. It's still falling together, by the way. I still don't know what I'm doing. No, no. And like, Like, we're (laughs) we're all still figuring it out. But let's say that you have a ton of house chores you have to do and your room's a mess and like the floor is dirty and you're just stressed out and you're uncomfortable in your own home and you you don't know what to do. And you're like, oh, this is too much work. I'm just going to hide under my blankets. And it's like, if you just do one of those things, if I just woke up in the morning and made my bed, that is enough. I don't have to do everything. Usually, if you just do the one thing, it leads to a bunch of other things too. And if it doesn't, that's okay. I wrote down so many questions for you and it is no surprise (laughs) that we got to the first three. Yeah, we got to the first three and it's been two hours. This is our friendship in a nutshell and we've just happened to record it. And we get these juicy little nuggets, I think, by allowing ourselves to go on tangents, which may be annoying, but it's also a blessing. In this moment, 
what do you love most about yourself? Ooh, that is, wow. I actually want to say I love a lot of things about myself right now. Go. Which is like. It's not selfish to list them all. I love my ADHD. I love my interest in like self-discovery and I love my curiosity about how things work and really diving down to Mm -hmm. the deep depths of whatever's put in front of me, whether it be criminal minds (laughs) or podcasting or whatever, like nurturing the inner child part of me that has just wanted to create for so long. And it didn't need to have like a kind of definition or a, you can only be a painter. You can only be a drawer. You can only be a photographer. You know what I'm going to say? You can be everything everywhere all at once. You can be everything everywhere all at once. I never had to put a cap on anything that I wanted to do. Like the possibilities were endless. And I am so fortunate and grateful that I get to live with a career that allows me to do all of those things. You are giving us a literal lesson to stop being that girl like this is how to be how to just be you are just supposed to exist in this world as yourself there's nothing wrong with you in saying that I'm gonna like bring it back to something a theme that I think we've been touching on which is as you're telling me all these things you love about yourself I was like not only do I love these things about her but I also love these exact things about myself too Mm. we are so similar and so different at the same time And I think that a lot of the things that I just listed are yeah. things that are also beautiful about you and it's things, you know, things like we connect on. It's a lot of yeah. things that we connect on. And I mean, hey, there's a lot of things we don't too. don't <laughs> person yeah. listening. I, I don't yeah. think that we're like this perfect friendship that like does it. No, I wanted to get not. into our one friendship riff, which. Oh my God, guys, we fought. Which <laughs> like, it was like, I, I'm like, we say fight, but like it, it wasn't. Really, it was actually the healthiest. It was actually me ignoring her for like a month and a half. <laughs> and then her calling me being like, bitch, bitch you think I would fuck? let you go off for a month and a half? It was like a fucking week. It wasn't even. My I attachment think, style is avoided. And mine is anxious. <laughs> and I was like, the second I felt you pull away, I was like, no, no, no. And here's the thing that what's so sad is that like, I shouldn't have been able to pick up on that I wish I could be like my anxiety is just being crazy no no she no, knew you said something and I was like it was a text and I was like that tone <laughs> I know I was like that tone she's mad at me she's mad do and we save this for like the next no episode? we can we can save this for the next episode I think this is such a good ending point because I do want to talk about that okay love you okay I'm still mad at goodbye <laughs> bye love you I love you so much I just have so much love. I want to bake a cake and I want to give everyone all my love. (laughs) Is getting to the age of 30 just like desiring to cry alone and like, (laughs) oh my God, do we need to table this for another episode? (laughs) Why am I looking forward to going home and writing on my balcony, bringing myself to tears? You are a writer. And that's beautiful. That's so sad. For the record, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> no, I'm t- no, it's too heavy. I want to like get a piece of pizza right now. I want We're going to go to Earth right now and We're get Boba. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye.